everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. All right, everyone, it's Brandon again. Welcome back for another Turbo. I wanted to talk today about handedness when performing procedures. This came up the other day when I put an IV in left-handed and I had a trainee get mad at me who had been struggling to do it with her dominant hand. I think it's an interesting topic because speaking for me at least, uh, starting out when I was learning to do most procedures, I would of course use my dominant hand for the important portions, which for me is my right hand. And I've noticed that that's not necessarily true anymore. So let's look at some of the common procedures and how I go about it. The simplest one is peripheral IVs or midlines, subclavian central lines, most percutaneous procedures like lumbar punctures, paracentesis, thoracentesis. These are pretty straightforward. It's easy to maneuver your body into the right location. If you're working on something like an extremity, you may have to kind of position it in a certain way. But by and large, you can just use your preferred hand. Now, there are certain cases, and this is particularly true when you're working on maybe an arm, it may be a little annoying to get yourself into the best location to get at a a basilic vein or something like that. Sometimes it can be more convenient to use your off hand. And this, I think, is probably sounds very difficult and may be very difficult, when you're first learning these procedures, because of course your off hand is less dexterous. However, I, I think that when you've done a whole lot of these, it gets much more easy. And it's not that you're such a master that you can just take whatever percentage degradation in skill using the wrong hand brings with it. I think it's more that you realize there's not that much dexterity involved in ultrasound-guided procedures with a needle. Most of what you're doing is knowing how to move the needle and the probe and what to look for in order to guide yourself. And if you can do that, you can actually guide a needle with relatively gross movements. It's not about really fine detail a lot of the time. And therefore, using a clumsy hand is, is often not the end of the world. Now, of course, it would still be better to use your right hand, but I guess there's a certain point, at least for me, where other factors could outweigh it, such as limitations in the patient's mobility, sometimes even just the inconvenience of trying to position a patient absolutely optimally and but maybe to move the room around to make that possible. Next up would be femoral lines, uh, either venous or arterial. And again here, I always used to place these me being right-handed, from the right side of the patient, whether I'm going to the right femme or to the left, in which case I would just reach over. Nowadays, I will more likely do the right femme from the same side, but if I'm going to their left side, I'll go to the left side of the bed. And it's the same thing here. You can go from that side using the right hand and kind of crossing your hands, but generally I'll use my left hand on the needle there. And it's just... It's just not that hard to guide a needle into one of those vessels, uh, even using the wrong hand. And I think it's worth it for me 
to avoid having to reach over. My back always hurts these days. It's just a little more convenient to be close. IJs might be next up. And IJs are a little weird because they are sort of at a weird diagonal angle where your hand position becomes very relevant. Here, I will often try to stand at the side of the bed instead of at the head of the bed. And this really is because about those positioning issues. Getting to the head of the bed in a lot of ICU rooms is like moving a mountain. You have to move the bed, you have to move all kinds of IV stands and other equipment. You have to move the head of the bed out of the way. It's just a giant pain. So if you can get to uh, the side of the head and work on the neck from there, I find it a lot more convenient. Now that does mean you'll have to deal with the positioning of your hand. So if you're right-handed, working from the left IJ will probably be more convenient because it'll position the probe more proximally and the needle more cephalad, which is what you want. If you're at the right IJ, which for many people, especially novice users, is their go-to site, you may find that you'll have to cross your wrists there. Now you can do that, but in that case, I would probably just suck it up and get to the head of the bed. Again here, using your left hand may be a lot more convenient. And again, most IJs are really big and really superficial. If you know what you're doing, they're just not that hard to hit. One final procedure will be intubation. In this case, almost everyone is going to use their left hand on the laryngoscope blade and their right hand to hold the tube. Now this applies whether they're left or right-handed. Left-handed people just learned to do this and adapted to it in their training. Much like a lot of proceduralists and surgeons learn to use right-handed instruments even if they're dominantly left-handed. There may be cases where mixing this up could be helpful. An example would be if you ever wanted to intubate somebody from the front, sometimes called a, a tomahawk intubation, um, used to be popular in EMS. I think the trend nowadays, if you find some patient in a weird position, maybe entrapped in a vehicle or something, and you can only get to their front, to not try to do these weird acrobatics and intubate them from crazy positions. It's just to extricate the patient, and maybe in the meantime, you can put in something else like a superglottic airway. Uh, but it can be done. You can consider it in cases like, oh, maybe an ICU patient who really can't lay down even a little bit. They're sitting bolt upright, and they have to for respiratory or maybe neuro reasons. And even standing on top of the bed, huddling over their head, you just can't get to their airway. Maybe in that case, you go from the front or kind of the front to the side. And in that case, everything is flipped, so you could wonder with a right-handed laryngoscope blade, should you hold it with your right hand and intubate with your left hand? That is an option. Other options would be using a left-handed or, I guess, reverse-handed laryngoscope blade, which do exist. They're not particularly common. Unless you carry your own, you might not have one at the time, but they are out there. Other options might include things like using a regular blade from the front and in some way crossing your hands or other acrobatics. Not a particularly common situation, but something that could come up. So these are things to reflect upon, and depending on where you're at in your training and the sort of procedures you find yourself doing, it can be useful to experiment with the handedness of your procedures. And you may discover some 
interesting implications. One thing I will warn is that many novice proceduralists early on may be inclined to do this more than you'd think. I, this comes up a lot when they're suturing, for instance. People say, oh, this suture needs to come in from the other side. I'll, I'll hold this needle driver with my off hand or do some other crazy acrobatics like backhanded in or something. Whereas in reality, 90% of the time, it just works better to sort of contort your body into a position where you can use your correct hand in the correct position to do what you're trying to do. However, there are maybe potential opportunities where doing it the other way could add something to your toolbox. That's it for me. Talk to you next time.